Welcome to another episode of The Bot Pod. I'm Alana Michelle Rubin. Thank you for tuning in. I'm so, so excited because today I have a very special guest with me. Uh, he is known for doing comedy, uh, but he is also a fellow music lover and friend. Hi, Justin Catchins. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> How are you today? I'm, I'm doing great. So what were you listening to on your way over here? Um... Uh, I listened to a podcast for most of it, but uh, the I did listen to a couple songs. I was listening to Maxo Cream, is mm-hmm. uh, an art rap artist from rap. Houston. Okay. Uh, the last song I was listening to is called Drizzy Draco. Whoa! Well, I like Drake, so I like the title, but yeah. I've never heard of that artist. How do you find your music? Uh, Twitter mostly. Uh, yeah, I just am on Twitter uh, a lot, and you see music come up. And also like Spotify, New Music Fridays, all that stuff. So I've I've known about specifically Max O Cream from either Twitter or uh, something like that. I would say hip hop blogs. I used to read a lot of hip hop blogs, mm-hmm. but maybe over eight years ago. But I follow all of those people on Twitter. So now they work for publications or just fans. So they'll post a lot of stuff. So I don't I don't remember exactly how I heard of them, but uh, yeah, he's a good artist. So. Maxo Cream is that is he a newer one or is he like I think yeah I think he's relatively newer within the last three years um yeah I like his his cool his his smooth uh, I guess the his album uh, came out Friday and I was that's what I was listening to I was like oh this is like really good and he had a he's on the uh he has a verse on the new Dreamville album that was like really good so I was like oh yeah still like I heard a song from him he also had like an incident in the news where the a bunch of people uh, got arrested at a video shoot because they were waving guns on a playground. Okay. <laughs> so. Sure. <laughs> that's what, that's uh, something to do so that, on a that day. That was one thing I knew his name from. And then, like, <laughs> yeah, the verse on the range of Dreamers. And I uh, actually saw somebody post a Pitchfork review, which is, is not a site I trust for music reviews. Yeah. Uh, but then I okay. listened to the album at work yesterday, and it was like, oh, this is fire. I'm, yeah. I'm, I've been telling people. I've been trying to pe- put people on Max O'Cree. Well, I'll have to listen now because so I well I have so many questions now. Um, the Revenge of the Dreamers album. So you liked that album? Yeah, I, I love that album. It felt very much uh, in the old school spirit of like a posse album mm-hmm. that you don't really get now. Um, just because it it and also there's like a bunch of media around it. Like here's the making of it. Here's yeah. here's the entire Milwaukee Bucks walking <laughs> into their locker room, and it's like all on video, but. The music just is is good. I like a lot of the artists. Uh, it seems fun. Uh, some of the songs are kind of relatively silly for a rap album. So yeah, I think so. I I was very much looking forward to it. I loved all the buzz around it. I loved I loved the I think the the posse vibe of it is a great way to put it. How like they just all like rented this house and they had like outside producers come in and collaborate with them. And I love the fact that they're inexperienced, well, relatively inexperienced rappers on there, like newer ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved J Cole's like message of if you see like a new artist on there that you like, follow them. Like that'll go a long way. But the album itself, I liked Costa Rica, but after Wells Fargo, I was like not huge in it 
The thing is, I love a lot of the artists on it, but I think it wasn't as cohesive as I wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like a, a Boss album or a J. Cole album is like yeah. this. But maybe that's also some of the allure of it because it they do have like newer artists on there that aren't like experienced as much. And so that's why it might be a little bit messy, but it is kind of cool to have people like T.I. and um, like Ty Dolla Sign on an album with people who aren't that famous yet. Yeah, um, no, I, I I feel, I'm like looking at the track list yeah. now and I feel you. 1993 is very fun and funny. Like they're not letting them finish verses, but it yeah. definitely <laughs> feels like the end of an album and then there's six more songs. Yeah, It's very much not in the vein of modern albums because I think this is a full 80 minute album yeah, old it's school very long. like he hears every song yeah. if we're putting everybody on everything so I, I I truly do I don't listen to the whole thing all the way through I have songs that I like and mm-hmm. if it plays through I'm fine but so I, you, I straight up skip the R&B songs on here too to be really? fair <laughs> well I think it is also interesting that an album this long comes out this summer when like last summer all of Kanye's albums that he executive produced were like just seven songs Mm -hmm. and like emphasized like shortness so much um and then there's something like this where a huge rapper is like you know I don't know created this uh this avenue for newer rappers to be put on even for it's it's for his own record label so like that's maybe like a self-serving uh, thing, but it's so so much longer and it's not like, well, we have to like really fine tune everything. It's like, let's see what happens when we just like record this in a house and like we don't sacrifice like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, uh, to be fair, Kanye was dropping like seven track albums of garbage all yeah, summer. So they weren't great. That, although the Kid Cudi one was fine. I like the Kid Cudi one. I, I like th- the Tiana Taylor album. I didn't listen to that <gasps> I I I admittedly don't listen to a lot of like R&B so yeah but everything else was like uh, I've never listened to that Nas album I didn't listen to it I forgot it came out I don't know anybody who listens to <laughs> it and not, I love Nas like I I banged Nomadic and it was and I use New York slang despite being from the Midwest because I listened to like Illmatic and yeah. it was written so much but. I have never ever well, listened those, to the Kanye album. Those but, are like uh, like hip hop bible almost. Yeah. Um. I I don't listen to those albums <laughs> that much, but it is like yeah, legendary pieces of work uh for hip hop. So it makes sense. But yeah, I don't know the I didn't I forgot about the Nas album that he executive produced. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> and it was I don't know I think it, there was some sort of there was like an ambition to executive producing like all these albums. Um. Mm-hmm. But yeah, his I thought his own was okay it it wasn't like as i don't know mind-blowing as a typical kanye album is but it like wasn't awful awful but it compared to like the stuff that he has done it was kind of underwhelming but i guess if you don't listen to r&b then yeah you wouldn't have any cause to listen to tiana taylor but i think she was really great i I love r&b um and i think she's really great um so growing up in the midwest what did you like how did how did you find your music back then and like what did you gravitate towards oh um i was on the internet at a very very young age so i have a lot of weird um cultural or like coastal uh musical tastes uh i would say the first rap album I ever purchased was uh, Rough Riders Volume 1 nice. from Walmart. It had two, three songs missing because Walmart famously only sells clean CDs. Yes. And Rough Riders, a, a, a crew led by DMX, 
had no clean songs. So they, they fully just cut whole songs oh, off wow. of that album. <laughs> uh, and so I was listening to Rough Riders. Uh, it, even before that, uh, as like a four or five year old to date myself. I was like, wow, I was, you were four or five ones. <laughs> But I was def- I was like heavily going to like kindergarten in backwards clothes because I was rocked with crisscross so heavily. <laughs> I was I was very much in the crisscross. That's amazing. Um, the Space Jam soundtrack is still my one of my favorite albums. I had that CD in my car uh, last time. Like I, I I think my little I gave my little brother my car and I think it's still in there. That CD still plays. It's over twenty years old. Oh um, my, that's, so many yeah. uh, hit them high. There's a Jay Z song on there. There's a Chris Rock and Barry White song on there. The Seal song. The, Wait, Chris Rock and Barry White are singing on a song? Yeah, it's called Basketball Jones. Oh, Barry White yeah. is doing Barry White, and Chris Rock is just like, "Hey, Basketball Jones." He's like doing his Chris <laughs> Rock thing. It's it's very dumb. I'm um, looking at the track listing for that, and I think I I have like a very vivid memory of like being very into Space Jam and singing. I believe I can fly. Mm-hmm. Um, which, uh, you know, uh, hard to sing now, uh, because it's, it's performed and written by someone, uh, you know, uh, yeah, we, not we, great. We, we're we, familiar. We, uh, okay. So, mo- moving on. Song goes. Yeah. To be fair, but yeah. It was like, I felt very cool for knowing that song, I think. Um, and just being like, yeah, this isn't the music that I like that my parents listen to, but look how much I know, you know, a, a, a tangent. About- <laughs> Uh, I believe I can fly. Uh, when I was <laughs> moving out of Michigan, uh, one time, like, sat in my car and cried. <laughs> well, listen, I believe I can fly. <laughs> like wow. the, the week, the day before, I was supposed to like, I was uh, selling my stuff away. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god! Well, that's a great song to cry to. There's a lot of hope. There's uh, you know, there's like hope and sadness. Yeah. Uh, there's like wanting to do really well. Um, did was it just because of the fact that you were leaving, or was there something that happened? I, I guess so. Again, yeah, fact, I'm leaving. Also, it's like a very moving song. There's like the orchestral. Yeah. You know, I'm blasting it with the windows down. I had a nice, I had like a six car parking lot at that house. Wow. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> Um, are there other songs that you find like are therapeutic to sit and cry to? Uh, I guess it's always, it's of the moment. Um, generally. Yeah. It's, it, there are songs of the moment. I don't think there's always like the same song. There's, uh, yeah. Yeah. I guess the, the most like somber listening songs I have right now are like a Mac Miller song. Yeah. Is, do you want to talk? Is it the one that you posted the other day? Oh, that's life. I listened to that and also listened to his, uh, album swimming. a lot. The swimming. Yeah. Swimming. Yeah. That is, uh, that is a great song or a great album to just like very like, yeah, pensive. moody, pensive, <laughs> like, yeah. kinda. like reflecting on like, I don't know the larger picture in life and you know, the, uh, Granted, it now has like a very sad connotation um, because of his death, but that is that's a great album. I would say that and Blonde, which I'll probably talk about on this podcast, if not every episode, then like every three episodes or something. Um, those are two like great albums to just cry to or just like sit alone. Oh yeah, and just ponder your existence <laughs> too. Get get all in your feelings. Yeah, it, get, it, it truly is. They're they're great. Um, 
so you were uh, you were a DJ at, in college, mm-hmm. and you said you this was uh, before we started recording. But you said that you know you played some of Drake's early stuff, and they gave you a lot of freedom to to play whatever you wanted. What else did you play? Um, like I listened to a lot of regional stuff. I listened to Rough Riders. Also listened to every like I was very heavily into No Limit and um, uh, Cash Money. Uh, so a lot of Southern stuff, a lot of the East Coast Rough Riders stuff, not too much Detroit stuff. So like I had all those uh, different regional, I guess, uh, taste in music. And mm-hmm. then I was listening to the Houston stuff uh, right around right before everybody got introduced to Mike Jones because um, of just like a, the Internet and all these websites. So basically I was like streaming all this music. So when I, when I had that show, my tastes were all over the board um i'm trying to think of songs i was playing then i remember uh, i played the j j electronica exhibit Uh, a when that came out uh pretty heavily on that radio station um do you know if you like got a lot of listeners or like did i I know i don't think anybody knew we had a campus radio station it was one of those things yeah people didn't really advertise it but you're like i'm playing such good music this is so cool and everyone's like what were you doing for an hour it's like it's on friday from three to four uh which is not uh in college especially at a commuter school mostly (laughs) uh people were not listening to the radio we had their loss yeah there's big radio stations no one ever even and people don't really know that university is there so i don't think anybody wow. listened but um i i think i was just playing like stuff of the time there like the drake stuff the the uh jay electronica stuff i'm trying to think there's other artists that are playing that is that is straight up escaping me yeah um who's the ti have i think ti was big then T- yeah he yeah. definitely was big then so i was playing some ti stuff um yeah, just stuff in that vein. I wasn't like really breaking artists or anything or trying to. Yeah, but, but you were just even like the idea of playing what you like to like, even if nobody's listening to the masses mm-hmm. is like kind of exciting. Yeah. Oh, you know, ah, I, I'm remembering. Uh, B.O.B. I was playing a lot of B.O.B. <laughs> B.O.B. when he was just like a mixtape rapper yeah. and before airplanes and whatever, before he got a little weird. Yeah, he I was, was okay then. B.O.B. Yeah. Oh, Charles Hamilton. <gasps> Oh my god, I forgot about Charles Hamilton. <laughs> I I like really rooted for him. I wanted him to be huge. He he had so many mixtapes. Yeah. He had so many I thought when Brooklyn Girls would, was featured on um How to Make It in America, that HBO show, <laughs> I thought that he was going to I was like this is it for Charles Hamilton. <laughs> yeah. And uh, then uh sadly it uh, was not. But he's still around. Yeah. Uh yeah, he had some uh issues uh yeah. <laughs> on some I would say some mental health issues yeah. and he went through some things, but I think he had like a hit song relatively like two, three years ago Yeah, that was on the empire soundtrack I or something. There was a, re- there was a song from him, but yeah, I played a, a lot of that and all, a lot of the rappers around that circle of people, uh, I would say. Was there, um, man, I, I loved, uh, TI. I would play, uh, King this, that album and paper trail, I think were my favorites, but there was in high school, this like, group of people did a dance to a mashup of bring them out and something else and i was like the the 
the choreography was like perfect in my mind. Like, and I, I remember just sitting in the crowd being like, I want to be part of that group. I want to know this dance from start to finish. This is the coolest thing. These people are going to be famous. Um, I guess I just have a thing for, you know, thinking that people are going to be famous. Oh, he had a song with Rita Ora um, called oh. New York Raining, I think. Um Wow, Charles Hamilton and Rita Ora. Um, interesting yeah. mix of people. Charles Hamilton was like 10 years too early. He was. He I, absolutely was. With all the like weird emo rap with the esoteric yeah. like, interest that he'd be perfect in this era. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, he kind of reminded me of Kid Cudi because I feel like he was introspective in a way that Kid Cudi was, is too. Um, it is, yeah, I think he was very much before his time. Um yeah. But I remember almost like every day he was featured on some other like hip hop blog. Like I would read a lot of Two Dope Boys and I feel like I always saw a post about Charles <laughs> Hamilton. Yes. Oh man, Two Dope Boys. That, I forgot about that site. Oh man, I look at it from time to time. They're interesting. Uh, their Twitter presence is not great, but the blog is. Mm. Um, but they do this. <laughs> this is unrelated. They do this like Saturday night sexy post uh, every Saturday of like a hot girl. Um, of course and I'm just like if you're gonna do this do one for like other people too like I don't know evolve with the times and (laughs) like understand that there are other people who might be reading this blog that are not just like straight men straight dudes Um, I mean it's the bar stool of hip hop yeah unfortunately Um, but so in like in your pursuit of like coastal music, was it ever, was it something that just like naturally happened where you would like start getting into the music of like the South or the East, or was it something like someone else put you onto the music and that's how you were opened up to it? Like, how did you, how did you kind of find the music for all these different areas? Um, yeah, it's probably just older influences in my life. Like my cousin, Nicole, she's like, uh, she was the, I didn't, cause my, uh, I have siblings, but they're much younger than me. So she was the closest one to me and the older one. So she would listen to things like uh, T.I. or even before that, UGK. Uh, she gave me a UGK album, so wow. I, I was listening to them. Um, my best friend at the time's dad listened to a lot of Mystical. So I listened to a lot wow. of Mystical uh, and through listening to a lot of Mystical. Um, obviously listened to a lot of Masterpiece, Oak to Shock, all of like No Limit and Cash Money. Uh, it's, and it's weird to think, like uh, growing up on Cash Money. Here, remember, I remember hearing Lil Wayne when he was like fourteen, yeah. and all the like wobbly wobbly whatever. <laughs> Lil Wayne and Turk and VG. So I had, I always had an ear for that music. Mm-hmm. So it just maintained as as you know, as I grew, and you know, you get more music. We're like, okay, I'm still listening to like southern music. I'm still listening to. Uh, then you get like the East Coast, a super rapper music. Um, I like that you called it super rapper music. It is super super rapping, <laughs> yeah. like mathematical, dramatical, grammatical, all that mm-hmm. stuff. So, uh, my friend got me on a Big L and and Nas, all of those, all those people like that. So yeah, it just truly once I got those influences so early that I would just be checking. I would always make sure to check for music from different places. Yeah, just was it? Um, was there something like? specific sometimes when we're younger we're not sure like what makes us want to listen to that music was there something that like spoke to you about all those all those groups or like i don't know the messaging from those different areas or uh 
I, I can't say I was into the messaging at that age. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm like listening to lyrics. I'm like, oh, the feeling here. I got it. Yeah. I, like, I understand this vibe. Uh, then it was probably just because it was hype. A lot of the No Limit stuff is just like hype. Yeah. You're, like, you're, you're getting hyped to that. Um, uh, I, I listen to a lot. Mystical because it's uh, hype music and it's like cool. I don't know. Yeah. yeah it, I was listening to stuff. I was like, I'm getting into this. I'm hype. Like we listen to DMX. You're into it. Um I've skipped over this, but I'm from Detroit. I listen to a lot of Eminem too. So. Yeah, you because you had meant you said no. Did you say no Detroit music or something like not that? Not really. I, I count. Ago? I guess I listen to Eminem, but it's not like the stuff that you think of when you hear like a hip hop head that came to like more recently. I feel yeah. like or but I wasn't the radio wasn't playing Jay Dilla or mm-hmm. like people like that. I've didn't hear Slum Village until they had a song with Kanye yeah. uh, that was played on like Rap City. It, so it wasn't like I was growing up listening to them. Yeah, you had there to was, like dig for yeah. that stuff. And then there was like Detroit street rappers that you would like, I, I can tell you Blade Icewood and Eastside Cheddar Boys, but that doesn't mean anything <laughs> yeah. that anybody here. I don't know them, but I like, I do, I think I like, uh, heard Slum Village for the first time on like someone's MySpace page. Like it was never something <laughs> I I heard on the radio. The first song I heard on, you know, I asked like if there's anything that you connected with in the messaging. But the first rap song that I heard on the radio was Ghetto Superstar. And I didn't connect with anything in that song. But I was like, this song feels like rebellion and like so different than anything that my parents listen to or anybody that I know listens to. And I love it. And I'm like devoted <laughs> to this genre from now on. Yeah. And I think also as a kid, like, and when I say kid, I mean, like, even when you're a teenager, like, you're still under the jurisdiction of adults for the most part, or you're, like, assumed to be, and, like, listening to music with, like, curses or with, like, irreverent subject matter feels like, yeah, it feels dangerous a little bit. It feels, like, risky, and it it can feel liberating to be like, I'm a kid, but I'm also going to listen to this thing that I maybe shouldn't be listening to. Oh yeah, definitely. And I, I also, oh, I'm remembering stuff as we talk. Uh, <laughs> and I definitely had that air, you know, I was like into the hype music and there was like the rap, what has his like own inherent vulgarity, but Oh man, did I listen to a lot of corn and did I listen to a lot of Lincoln Park? Talk about corn and Lincoln Park. Oh man, like, boom, nah, nah, boom, all of that stuff. I was into it. Uh, that was like the era um it was weird it was like it was it's funny because it was like the era we all grew up into it and it was just like me and a bunch of black kids we started getting to like bmx biking we were watching the x games and we were listening to corn and lincoln park um uh it was fred durst uh what is uh, that limp biscuit oh a lot of limp biscuit limp biscuit had that he had a song with method man and uh-huh. it was like our worlds are colliding this yeah. is fantastic did you feel the same way when jay-z and lincoln park had the joint album I was uh, <laughs> going past Lincoln Park okay. at that point. Okay. I remember that song, but oh man, it's very yeah. That song is annoying. If I now, I I can't yeah. remember if I just found it annoying now because it was played so much when it yeah. first came out. I think I just didn't like it. I didn't really like when rock bands and hip hop like collabed for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. I think because now when I see rappers live and they have like a full band, I think that's really like great and beautiful. Oh, yeah. But something about like the genre of like rock music back then, like alt rock and hip hop for me felt like like uh, like it was like draining the music of its like quality almost or like trying to make it so that it appealed to the masses. Mm. And I didn't like that. Um, Korn is a band that will forever scare the shit out of me. (laughs) 
forever. Like, I just, I think I remember, like, I thought I... I would come home some days and I would like put on MTV for the few minutes that my parents weren't there. And I remember seeing a few minutes of that corn video where the bullets going through everything. I thought Satan was going to walk through my television (laughs) and just take me with him. Um, I was just, they scared me so much. I don't know why loved POD for some reason. Oh yes. I forgot about that. (laughs) Loved POD hated corn. I don't know if they're even in the same genre, but to me they were, um, yeah, there was something. Yeah, was there like a difference in? Because I feel like hip hop and and rock, like corn level rock, um, have like similar aggression, but mm-hmm. different ways of communicating it. Whether it's like sound or lyrical uh, content, but is there? Yeah, what spoke to you about corn specifically, or like those bands? I guess I don't know. At the, at the time, I was like, oh, this fucking rips. Like I was just <laughs> like, into it. It was like the vibe, you know the. You know, the, the hard, I don't know shit about yeah. guitar, but like, it, I was like getting riled up. I was in it. Yeah. yeah. The, the aggression, I guess, uh, I felt. And also, to be fair, you, you mentioned seeing the video. That that era of music, I think, sucked. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm remembering like late 90s, early 2000s, but I was watching, we are all watching like TRL and music videos. So I remember very distinctly that Freak on a Leash video and even, this isn't, um, rock at all but it, that freaking leash video made me think of the janet jackson and busta rhymes video where they're like in some future world and is like melting metal <laughs> but it's all, all about sex and orgasms it, which didn't connect until like much later yeah but all of those like weird is a lot of very weird videos yeah. um what else blink 182 all that uh-huh. stuff it was i mean i was like a teenager then or becoming a teenager so it's all of that general rebellion music what kind of frustrates me is like rap videos would get all this like flack about being inappropriate and like uh degrading to women and but i like i took (laughs) this is the second time i'm mentioning this spin class (laughs) Um, but, um, in this spin class that I go to that plays music videos, I went to, uh, an emo night with my, my friend, uh, and they play, so like emo music videos, whatever, but they played Blink-182, they played, uh, Limp Bizkit, they play a bunch of, uh, videos from that genre. And they're, those also don't paint women in a great light. And I'm like, I don't understand. I mean, actually I do understand why, uh, hip hop would get so much flack (laughs) and, um, and not rock, but it's very frustrating to see that. Like, can anybody address this? Like uh, the songs were really good, but it, I don't know. I felt like there were similarities in in the content a lot that I didn't realize back then. Oh yeah. And there definitely wasn't a two. I mean, there may have been more uh, on the rock side like uh, Gwen Stefani and um, Courtney Love. Yeah. Yeah. That's a person. Yeah. That's that's a person who sang. And there wasn't, uh, on the other side, there wasn't a lot of female rappers then or, Mm. I mean, it's, it's, I get no, that's unfair. There was little Kim and Foxy Brown, yeah. and okay. then Eve at some time. Missy, Eve just put out a new song. Oh, nice. Yeah, is, Eve does not. Is Eve still married to a billionaire or something oh, ridiculous? No, I remember she like married a somebody who was like a music exec who had some like like uh, someone of means and like after the second barbershop uh, she had like I had two hit movies I had a sitcom I've released hit songs I'm out oh my god I didn't even know that she married uh someone it doesn't say on her wikipedia um 
Is she? She's still married to him? Maximilian? Maximilian. I feel like that is a name that you only get when you hit six figures. Yeah. Like, you you can't be Maximilian and work out, like, I don't know, uh, not uh, not a hedge fund. No. (laughs) Like, you have to work in finance to have that name. Also, it seems... It's who made up that? Where did that name come from? <laughs> Maximilian. Like it's just. I'm just gonna think about that name for yeah. the rest of the day. This, um, the the whole podcast is uh, about Maximilian now, and yeah. the uh, what's the what's <laughs> so, the word when you when you study the the names of things? Etymology. Etymology. Yeah, we're studying yeah. the etymology of Maximilian. <laughs> sorry, I'm, I'm sorry. Like my scattered mutual brain has led us no, no, somehow no. to Maximilian from That's, corn. That, <laughs> from corn to Maximilian. Yeah. Welcome to the Bot Pod. Um, so, what was the last concert you saw? Um, I think the last concert I saw saw like I went to see a musical act. There just wasn't one playing. Uh, was Earl Sweatshirt. Um, at Webster Hall, I think, This was recent, like after his last album? Yeah, it was recently, songs? yeah. Wow. It was very good. Um, that album, um, it, it's okay. Yeah. Uh, I have to kind of be high to listen to it because it's so distorted and like intentionally low quality. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering, because it's just his persona and vibe, like how is he as a live artist? And it was phenomenal because wow. you don't see a lot of, once again, super rappers, like lyrical people who mm-hmm. can put on a good show but he was compelling and I, he wasn't doing a lot he was moving um but it was just it was fantastic you could hear him it it also didn't hurt him that like his two opening acts wrapped over uh vocal tracks uh which uh, i hate i can me too. I, hate, I hate every rap concert where they rap over their vocals me too because it doesn't sound good it sounds lazy we already don't know you really generally yeah. if you're an opener and now you're not compelling us with anything yeah uh performance wise so it, it just it takes away and then he came out and he's just like so self-assured as a performer he doesn't he's not he just kind of like bops around and raps he's clearly into it uh it's a super compelling show i i was like pleasantly surprised i like yeah. his music I, I wasn't concerned that the music was bad yeah but just seeing him perform it and it also sounded much better on like actual speakers oh, than that's headphones. Great. I, I preferred it at least. Sometimes I get a little bit sad after concerts because you know you're not going to be able to listen to like that live performance again. Like you'll just have this the CD or the streaming quality version of the songs and that's kind of sad. But it's it's really nice when an artist doesn't rely on that backtrack because I, I agree it is lazy and it's like if if you're if you're a performer and you're putting in the hours to make this music, then you should put in the hours to like train yourself to be a good live performer too. Right. Because they're usually married. And also, I think, so I saw Young Thug open for J. Cole in the fall and Young Thug has like a great public persona. Right. And like, seems like a fun person. Yeah, seems like a fun person, makes great music. His stage presence is like kind of underwhelming. Um, like he doesn't, it feels like he's unsure of what to do on stage. So to hear of someone like Earl who like had this break and then came back with this album, still put on a great show is really nice. Um, Cause he's not, I don't think he's as high profile as Young Thug or at least in right. the same way. Um, and yeah, there, the backtracking during shows is really frustrating. I, I saw Bad Bunny uh, in concert a few mm. months ago 
And I was so surprised he didn't sing with any backtracks. And it was phenomenal. And I wanted to go see uh, Jay Balvin. Uh, I'm a huge reggaeton fan, oh, yeah. um, as, as you might be aware. But I saw like a video of Jay Balvin's live performance and he was using a backtrack. And I was very disappointed because he has such a great voice. And I don't know, it was a festival. I don't know if it would be the same on tour, but it's just like, I don't know. It does detract from your performance no. if you're relying on something that's pre-recorded. And I don't know. How are you yourself as an artist in the moment with the crowd if you don't have to give your 100, 100% like performing the song? Right. And especially for singing. Uh, I'm just thinking of other concerts. I saw uh, the Frank Ocean performance at Panorama. Oh, wow. Uh, which was like one of those things like, oh, I'm sad I can't have that moment yeah. back. And Frank Ocean is a uh, phenomenal voice. He's a good live singer he uh, does nothing on stage he stands there yeah it's clearly somebody who's like kind of awkward about yeah. it but i still remember that show because it was he's singing live he's like doing some instrumentation too it's not moving a lot they had a it's a festival show so they had like a cool like dude in a full body camera like circling around him in like a old vcr type of uh thing in the background but like frank ocean pretty much kind of planted in the middle of the stage singing but he's like singing his heart out so yeah. it's like it's still affecting and the mu music flows and it feels like he cares yeah you don't think like oh i'm just mailing it in like it's a show yeah and i think that same night solange was doing <gasps> solange was there and this was when she was doing her art piece basically mm -hmm. of a concert which was like clearly meticulous yeah every like thing was like in, in a specific place so it's just you have to you have to like yeah. put on a show the other rap concert i saw before earl was anderson pack mm. and he's he's another person who's a phenomenal live performer i, I everybody i think everybody should see him me i was talking about mom who recently discovered anderson pack without uh. my, any of my uh intervention and she was saying how much she loved him because she went to see him in concert and he he runs around stage. He plays the drums while rapping. It's like a full live upbeat show. Yeah. It's probably, I don't know, this is a weird comparison. And I've never seen James Brown in concert, <laughs> but it feels like the closest you're going to get for like a rap yeah. James Brown. He seems very high energy. Yeah. Like, and it, it's, and it's, it's like a whole show. He's running around. The music is great. It, it's a whole like five. Like you want to go see the show. That's, uh, yeah, rap concerts can be difficult with that. Like I said, with the backing track, some people are not interesting. I don't remember. I saw Kendrick Earl, but well, this is very early Kendrick, like pre first album, and it was like, he can rap, but this is kind of boring. Yeah, yeah. I saw him open for J. Cole at the theater at Madison Square Garden. And I actually, this was. I think this was when uh, Good Kid, Mad City was out, uh, but don't quote me on that. Uh, but he had a full band, and it, it wasn't bad, but it was like it was a little bit difficult to hear, I think. Mm. Um, but sometimes it's just like, well, if those artists can do it well, and I, I know there are different things that go into a performance, obviously, and it's also making sure that like all the, the sound systems are set up properly, and if it's not, that can also affect a performance, so it's not always the performer themselves that, create a bad performance but it is like if someone like frank ocean or or uh solange or bad bunny all these other performers can sing without a backtrack and make sure to like have this like airtight performance why can't everybody yeah oh the full band thing i, I love that yeah 
I would listen to almost anybody with a backing yeah. band. I used to not, like, I'm very against wedding bands. Don't want one. I want a DJ. I hate <laughs> weddings with bands. I don't hate them, but I won't enjoy it as much as a DJ. But a rap concert with a full band, or any concert with a full band, is just beautiful. Oh, it's fantastic. Because it's like, it's you know, that they made their, well, I guess... They made their albums in the studios, and a lot of it is like uh, digital nowadays. But I guess, you know, instruments are brought into those studio sessions. But it's nice to see a full performance not rely on that. Yeah. I don't know. Also, just like the blending, just blending from one song to another. That's an advantage like a rock shows have where you can kind of just like, it's like a vibe and it keeps going. Where not like a rap album, it's like, mm. (laughs) <laughs> three seconds of pause oh yeah let's get hype again <laughs> everybody put your hands up yeah. so that's, that's cool like what's next now we have to wonder um so you moved to new york from the midwest um what do you, is there like and it doesn't have to be actually this this event in your life but is there like specific songs you associate with like maybe like moments of uh progression in your life or transformation or growth Man, ooh, that's a question I would have to sit and think about. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, de- I'm there's definitely has to be songs, but I'm strong blanking on yeah. anything. I also, when people ask me, like, I'm glad I'm doing the interviewing because if someone were asking me, I would absolutely not know. I'd be like, I've never listened to music in my life. <laughs> I can't name a single song. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know about growth. Like I was mentioning a Mac Miller, like the swimming album. Mm-hmm. I was listening to that at like an interesting time in my life where I was kind of like wayward, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, so uh, that I think when I listen to that album, I'm reminded of that a lot. Yeah, it is. Yeah. As, as we no, no, I keep saying kind of, summer, but no, I was just no, like, no. I, I connected with that album. Like it's one of the albums that I, I first felt like, Oh, I'm at the same place as this person. Mm-hmm. Um, or like I, I feel like I understand what they're talking about at a deeper level than yeah. your general. So I'm like listening to like, yeah, uh-huh. well, oh yeah, I'm I'm in, I'm all in. Yeah, <laughs> like, I there there are a lot of lessons packed into that album. Um, do you find that like, do you prefer listening to music while like you're high or drunk, or is it enjoyable no matter what? But or do you feel like you get something extra when you are inebriated and listening to things? Um. Actually, I I just like listening to music. I listen to music all day, so it it I guess the, different stuff hits different. Or generally for me, it's I allow myself to be more vulnerable while mm-hmm. I'm like inebriated, even though I'm listening to music alone. Yeah. Um, but I, I yeah, yeah I don't I still enjoy it. Otherwise, like I'll still get a similar feeling if I'm sober or not. And I listen to I I love I listen to music all day. So yeah, it's it's it I guess it comes and goes but yeah okay yeah i i find no no it was a great answer i i think like i don't know if i have a preference i do listen to music all day at work but sometimes i worry that it like waters down the music um but when i listen to music drunk it just feels like louder like things feel like more intense uh which i really like um but okay we're i'm sad that we're ending but so if you could pick one song to play at your funeral what would it be Oh, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> I lit- this is not the song, but Vitamin C's graduation <laughs> just popped into my head. 
Because <laughs> I'm like trying wow. to, I try to make it like, um, that feels, I don't know, that feels like <laughs> the end. I don't know. So everybody gets a diploma at you. Yeah, you know? yeah, I try to say, like, do something like, something fun, like Anderson Pack uh, come down or he'd be somber and <laughs> like, again, Mac Miller, so it goes. Yeah. Or, um, just like, yeah, I don't know. One of, let's let's pick one of those. I'll okay. pick something. You want like a somber vibe. More recent. Although I don't know if I want a somber vibe. <laughs> I think that might just be for me. It could probably change based on the day. Like today I want people to miss me. And then tomorrow it's like, yeah. oh, I want people to like have a good time. Yeah, those would be the two. Like if I want a somber vibe, the Mac Miller song. But if I wanted to like... The, the like pick me up i go with the anderson pack like okay. yeah let's dance well we'll note both of them <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean i've always wanted a this is an aside and that's not a song but like i've always enjoyed the new orleans style funeral where it's like oh no we're not it's not somber or like mm-hmm. very like catholic or christian there's just like a second line yeah playing so maybe that's my answer just give me a in a second line playing whatever music they want okay and get some horns going <laughs> I, I want that song that's that's very selfless of you i like that <laughs> we're sticking with that <laughs> thank you so much justin do you want to plug your twitter or instagram uh, yeah thank you for having me i'm on twitter and instagram at at jcatch that's j-a-y-c-a-t-c-h um and yeah you can follow me there and um if you want to see what kind of music I do listen to drunk, you can watch my Instagram stories <laughs> after midnight. Uh, you'll either hear me rapping poorly or like <laughs> posting a billion songs. Uh, it's worth it. Throw them a follow. Thank you for listening. The Bop Pod. A podcast for the stance.